Welcome to the Transform Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Farhat. I'm here with guest PJ Arzvald. All right, so this is how it started. This is the revelation. This is how it spread. Um, and I think that every scholar would agree that Muhammad was a military general. I don't think there's a dispute about that. But then let's go into God and Jesus. So who is God? Who is Jesus? And I think this is important as we think about comparative religion, because we're answering the question, aren't all religions basically the same? Mm -hmm. And I think I want to go back to logic here. We're going to use a lot of logic now. All right. So number one, Muslims don't accept Jesus as equal to God. Surah chapter one, verse 71 says, the Messiah Jesus was only a messenger of Allah. All right. So right off the gate, let's unpack this. Yeah. They're saying Jesus is the Messiah but he's not God. But the Messiah was, in the Old Testament, was foretold to be equal to God. And I'll prove that with Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. It says that the Messiah would have all nations and peoples worshiping him. So that is attributing mm -hmm. a divinity to the Messiah in that passage. Um, so you're saying Jesus is the Messiah but he's not God, but yet historically, the Messiah was and is going to be equal to mm -hmm. God. Also, I would say this that's also interesting, is they ascribe the Holy Spirit to Jesus and Mohammed. Um, but I guess there's a, some stuff I'm struggling with right there. Okay. If you believe in who Jesus said he was, namely, Jesus claimed to be God, and let's just be clear on that. He said, I am, several times. He's using the divine name for God in the Old Testament, Exodus 3, 14, I am. He says, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the Alpha, the Omega. He's claiming to be God. And then he's also doing things that only God does. Mm -hmm. He's forgiving sin like he's God. He's receiving worship like he's God. Um, but here's my point. Muslims will say, if you ascribe divinity to Jesus, you go to the abode of fire. So I'm having trouble logically putting this all together. Yeah. And I'm seeing some deceitfulness because you could kind of just be like, yeah, Jesus is a good guy. He's the Messiah. And it sounds nice because you don't have to like totally reject him. Mm -hmm. But there is a, some serious rejecting of who he claimed to be. Oh, 100%. And that's, I think... A huge point to understand is just Jesus in a Christian and a, a Jewish, a Christian and a Muslim lens are three different people, quite honestly. Um, in a Jewish lens, he's a false prophet who has led people astray. In a Muslim lens, he is a, a good prophet, but he's not the son of God. He's not mm -hmm. the savior of the world. And then in a Christian lens, he is fully God, fully man, son of God, Messiah. And so uh, Muslims have a, a completely different read on who Jesus is, and so they would probably dismiss a lot of what we take as eyewitness accounts of what Jesus said. So Jesus says all of these I am statements and he equates himself with God. And they would probably just say that those writings were fabricated by Christians, that they weren't really what Jesus would have said because if he's the prophet, he wouldn't have said that about Allah and he, would, he wouldn't have ever said something like that. And so they're going to have a completely different take on what we know as the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus um, because of who they understand him to be in their own framework. I think you're hitting on a really good point. Okay, so, you're, so what you've unpacked is Muslims would say, first century eyewitnesses, you've fabricated everything, um, but yet 600 years later, 
we know what happened. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus, they say, didn't die on the cross. But there's several historical eyewitnesses that say he did. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a believer in what Jesus did on the cross for you or not, it's a historically... Uh, there's, it's well documented. Jesus was crucified. Mm -hmm. So Josephus, the Jewish uh, historian, documents it. There's others that have documented it, whether you're in, believe in one of the gospel eyewitness accounts or not. But then 600 years later, you're just going to say, oh, by the way, it wasn't Jesus who died on the cross. It was Simon of Cyrene or Judas. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesus didn't really die on the cross. So it's like, I guess... I'm a little dumbfounded by this because it's kind of like, like I know you, PJ, like I've known you for a little bit and I can see what you say and what you do. I know where you live. I know who you're <laughs> married to. But if some dude 600 years later said, oh, PJ actually wasn't married to Melanie. He was married to Stephanie. I'd be like, why, do we, why are we believing you? Yeah. So in other words, are there any first century sources that would back up what Muhammad's saying about Jesus? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know of any early sources that would align with their take. Now, obviously, even the New Testament acknowledges that some of the religious leaders of the day claim that Jesus' dead body was taken and the resurrection was fabricated as a way of not stirring up belief in Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know of any early sources that would say that it was actually somebody else who died on the cross. Um, his death was kind of the undisputed part. It was the, the resurrection, resurrection that was the disputed part. And so I don't know of any early sources. And, and I'll acknowledge ignorance here. I'm not sure if this is um, a direct teaching in the Quran or if this was something that kind of came about later as they were explaining things. This idea that somebody else died that people thought was Jesus. Um, I, I'm, I think it stems from the idea that Allah wouldn't let his prophet die in this way. That was such a humiliating thing. Like he wouldn't leave his prophet out there to dry. So somebody else must have done it instead. Um, but it does contradict what everybody was pretty much in agreement on. Jesus died on the cross. That's a given. And so then, like you said, 600 years later say, nope, he didn't really die. Um, it, it doesn't, especially as a Christian line, it doesn't hold up any weight with us. And they might believe it was part of the divine revelation, but we certainly... Well, I, yeah. yeah, and I guess I would just appeal to reason here a little bit and say, do we accept this in a court of law? Like if there's an issue going on and there's eyewitnesses and we're doing an investigation, we're not going to accept somebody 600 years later that's like, yeah, I just, I know it happened. Like why do, we, yeah. why do we accept this kind of stuff when it comes to religion, but uh, we don't accept it in any other court of human reason and logic? Mm -hmm. And it is in their sacred writings that it was okay. someone that it looked like Jesus. It okay. wasn't really Jesus that died on the cross. So then another thing, too, is they would say Jesus was born of a virgin mm -hmm. and that he was sinless. Sounds good, right? But you know what? If he is born of a virgin and he's sinless, the, the meaning behind that, those truths is that he's the savior of sin. He's sinless so he could be our savior from our sins. That's what makes him the savior. And that's what also makes him equal to God. God is, has no sin in him. So it's like, um, I'm seeing some, just some more crazy contradictions here. Yeah, definitely a lot of different information about who he is, what his role is. And, and that's again where uh, they hold Jesus in a high regard, um, but 
Muhammad is very clearly the final prophet. So if you want to listen to the prophet on who God is, it's Muhammad, not Jesus. And so um, you can ascribe a lot of good things to Jesus, but we believe as Christians, Jesus is the one way. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. He's the one to listen to. Or a Muslim would say the, the revelation of God has come through Muhammad. Listen to him. He'll talk about Jesus, and they might say Jesus is a great guy, and he's got all these good attributes, but he's not the way to God mm-hmm. um, in the same way that we would take Jesus to be. I think, what I'm, I think what I'm saying today, PJ, is one of these guys is lying. Yeah. Either Jesus is lying or Muhammad's lying. Because Jesus is saying, I'm equal to God, and I'm going to die for sin and rise again and conquer death. Muhammad is saying, he's actually not equal to God, and he never died for sin. One of them's lying. So mm-hmm. I think we got to get real about who is Jesus. This all can't be true at the same time. Yeah. And I hope that we can just use some basic logic and reason and say, yep, that, that can all be true. I think like you're saying at the very least, it's, it sounds nice and it makes us feel more comfortable if we could just accept that all religions could be true and they all have their own value. Um, but if you take not just these two, but if you take a lot of these religions on their, at their face value and what are they claiming you have to come to the conclusion that these both can't be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember even as a kid getting asked all the time, you know, if, if Judaism, Christianity, and Islam both kind of stem from the same kind of spiritual family, um, aren't they all praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? So you're all praying to the same God. So really, it doesn't matter the, the little differences. Um, but we would say anyone who's rejecting Jesus is rejecting the Father. Um, that Jesus is the one speaking on behalf of God. And so... Um, we just have to come to the conclusion that whether you might think you're praying to the same God, you are rejecting that God by not accepting his son as who he says he was. And so mm-hmm. there is a contradiction there. You have, to, you have to pick. You can't just say, well, they could both be. They're either, I mean, I guess they could both be wrong. Um, you could come to that conclusion. I don't agree with that. Um, or you have to pick one, but you can't t- hold them both in the same, same hand. I think that's right. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to die for sin to forgive you your sin. So that's the concept of atonement. Mm -hmm. But then Muhammad is saying, no, you don't uh, need atonement uh, and you don't need, and Jesus didn't actually die on the cross to atone for your sin. So I think there is what your point is. That's a major contradiction. And that leads to our final uh, analysis of this topic is the concept of salvation. So in Islam, the concept of salvation is to be saved from death And you do that through good works. Good works gets you into paradise. Um, And then also, uh, you have no certainty that you are actually going to be saved in Islam uh, unless you die a martyr's death. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you like to just share the the five pillars of Islam, uh, PJ, as we talk about salvation? Yeah, these five pillars are are kind of, if you're going to be a good Muslim, here's what you do. That's kind of a... I mean, lists are nice in that way. It's like, all right, here's step one, step two, to do these things. So um, you, uh, first, you have this confession of faith that God is one and Muhammad is his prophet. And so it's kind of that original revelation. It's to say, I affirm what has been said. I believe who God is and who Muhammad is. Um, you also have prayer. And so uh, Muslims will pray five times a day at sunrise, at noon, afternoon, sundown, and then at nighttime. Um, so there's this regular cycle of prayer that goes on. Um, you have this giving to those who are poor and needy, so not um, just collecting, but also a charitable action. Um, you have the fast during Ramadan, their holy celebration, the holy month, um, where you're fasting in order to help worship. 
And then as much as you're able to, um, at one point in your life, take a pilgrimage to Mecca. Again, that kind of center, that um, holy place in the Islamic faith. And so um, part of your duty as a Muslim is if you have the financial means, the physical means, to at some point go there, worship Allah there. Um, so you have these five things. And I, I just want to say too, as Christians, right, like as regenerated, reborn, baptized Christians, we want to do good things that God has given us to do. We want to be praying. We want to be giving to the poor and needy. Um, and so these things are good. It's just how do you understand, are these uh, a cause of salvation or are these effect of salvation? Um, just those kind of things we just got, always have to be very careful on because Christians yeah. should be living very good lives. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't for a second claim that our goodness is ever going to merit us eternal life. So I think this goes back to the concept of assurance of salvation. So because that's a heavy load to bear, those five pillars and you know all of those things you just described, a, a Muslim cannot have assurance of their salvation. And I would say this, it's also like from my observation, like only a small minority actually do all those things. Mm. So it's like you're setting up a religion that only like 1% of Muslims can really attain to. Um, so it's like, I know Muslims, they don't wake up at 3 a.m. to pray. Um, they might live in a nation where some dude gets on a microphone and starts praying, um, but most people sleep through that. So my, my always thing about religion is God wants it to be attainable for us. Otherwise, it's like only 1% of the ad- adherents can actually live out those five pillars. I don't, I don't think that, that's kind of a strange thing to me. Um, so assurance of salvation, there is a concept of forgiveness in Islam, but it is only for those who deserve it. And those who deserve it are those who would, who would do the things you're do- saying. So it's giving to the poor, giving to the mosques, etc., etc. Um, you can go straight to paradise if you're a martyr. Uh, this is the basis for suicide bombers. Um, but then I think what I would say is Christianity is different because it's saying you are fallen, mm-hmm. you're sinful, you can't be made right with the Holy God by these good deeds that you're doing. You need atonement from God. And it's a big cost that needs to be paid to forgive. Uh, you can't just earn your forgiveness by doing these things, but rather I'm going to send my one and only son to atone for sin. He really did die. You really do need his ransom payment for you to be set free. And that is the way you're going to be forgiven. And it's not because you deserve it. It's because I love you. Mm. Period. Yeah. Those are two different things. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So again, we have two different ways of being saved here. And, um, and then at the end of time, judgment day is Jesus and Muhammad will rise together. This is what's believed by Muslims. Jesus will come again and break crosses because it's seen as a symbol, a negative symbol of Christianity and kill swine and promote Islam. So like PJ's right off the gate, like why is there just this focus on swine? Like, why is this so important? Yeah. I don't understand. Well, in, in some people's defense, God did at one point tell his people not to eat pigs. So even though we don't hold that, Jesus right. has fulfilled that. But um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But then Jesus is fulfilling so that all of those rules in the Old Testament were to show the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. It helped us understand the holiness of God and atonement. 
But then Jesus atones for sin, he fulfills all things, and he sets us free. He sets us free from all of those rules, and he sets us free to live in Christ. And I just had a great piece of ham this morning (laughs) and last night. And God gave that to me. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out why this has to be the main focus of yeah. when Jesus comes back. So I know I'm on my soapbox here. No, it's good. Uh, so Jesus will come again, break crosses, kill swine, promote Islam. And, and this is how it's going to go in the end. And if you have enough good works that outweigh your bad deeds, then you could get into paradise. So I guess, PJ, what I would say is this issue of the assurance of salvation, how can I be saved? I would say we're going to hit this again on Mm -hmm. each major religion that we cover in this series. And I think what we are going to see is that all religions have some form of good works to earn your way into a right relationship with God, and you're never sure you've done enough in this life. And hopefully he lets you in. But in Christianity, God is providing the way, and it's Jesus through his death and his resurrection and through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, believe, and I'm going to give you not a better life, but I'm going to give you a regenerated life. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make you a better you. I'm going to make you a brand new you, and I'm going to give you assurance. This Holy Spirit who lives in you, he will guarantee your inheritance in the end. And that's why we live with gratitude and joy and worship and praise and obedience to Jesus in response. So uh, in closing, there is a difference between uh, (laughs) these religions. There's a difference between Islam and Christianity. If you're listening today, I hope that you um, were able to see that there are some differences and I hope that this helped you, equipped you, uh, and blessed you in some way. And if it did, I wanna encourage you to subscribe and follow us and then also to consider who you can share this with that would also bless them as well. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer on this podcast, you can email hello at sjdenver.org and we'll see you next time.